let's continue. Verse number 17. وَالَّذِينَ And those who اجتنبوا They have avoided الطَّاغُوتَ The طَاغُوت They avoid طَاغُوت They avoid طَاغُوت as in أَن يَعْبُدُوهَا That they worship it. Meaning they do not worship طَاغُوت The word اجتنبوا جِيم نُونْبَ Jamb is one side. And ijtanaba is to avoid something, to keep away from something. Meaning as something is coming toward you, you move away from it, you steer clear, you keep away as if you show your side to it. So ijtanabu taghut. The taghut, each time taghut invites them, what do they do? They avoid it. They keep away from Tawhut, meaning they do not worship it. Then who do they turn to? Wa'anabu ilallah. And they turn back to Allah repeatedly. They never rest from turning to Allah. For such people, lahumul bushra. For them are good news. Fabashir ibad. The addresses to the Prophet ﷺ that, O Prophet, Fabashir, give good news, ibadi, to my servants. Which servants? Those who are repeatedly avoiding ta'ud. They do not worship ta'ud. Instead, they turn to Allah over and over again. So for them are glad tidings, so give them glad tidings. Congratulate them, encourage them, offer support to such servants. فَبَشِّرْ ibadi. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created us for His worship. And in this life of test, there are many ta'ud that call us to their subservience. What is Taghut? Taghut, from the root letter is Taghainya. Tagha is to rebel. And Taghut, there's a mubalagha in here, hyperbole. This is a very extreme form of rebellion. So Taghut is any creature that has Tagha from its had, that has gone beyond the bounds of servitude to Allah. For all creatures, every creature is a servant to Allah. Correct? So what is the limit of that servant? That he should remain in servitude to Allah. Tawhut is someone who says, no, I'm not going to be a servant to Allah. I'm not going to be in servitude to Allah. He rebels. So firstly, he is disobedient himself. But he doesn't just stop there. Because see, Tawhut, there is extreme rebellion here. So what does he do? He invites others on the same path of rebellion also. He invites others on the same path of rebellion. How? He himself becomes a ma'bud, a mutar, or a matbu'ah. What is ma'bud? Someone who is worshipped. Someone who is worshipped. So instead of being abd to Allah, he becomes someone who is worshipped by the rest of the creation. Muta'ah. Who is Muta'ah? Someone who's obeyed. Meaning he's obeyed in disobedience to Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives one command and this Tawood says, no, no, don't do this, do this instead. Understand? Matbu'ah. Matbu'ah from ittiba', Meaning someone who's followed. Right? So, for example, Iblis. Tawood. Why? Rebelled. Refused to obey Allah. And then he didn't just stop there. 
He said, I'm going to mislead all of mankind. And is he on that mission? He's trying his best. Fir'aun at his time, what was he? Ba'ut. He said, Ana Rabbukum al-A'la. Right? Abu Jahl, at his time, what was he? Ba'ut. He didn't allow people to worship Allah. He said that I should be obeyed. Follow me. Follow my elders, my forefathers. This is a form of ta'ut. Right? Likewise, any idol or anything that is worshipped besides Allah. Basically, anything that is worshipped besides Allah. What is that? Ta'ut. So, those who avoid ta'ut from worshipping it and instead they turn to Allah. And you see, rejecting ta'ut, avoiding ta'ut is not easy. It's difficult. Why? Because ta'ut in itself is very arrogant. Because the status of every creature is of a servant to Allah. Now this servant is so arrogant that he says, no, I'm not going to accept servitude for myself. I'm actually become like God. I'm going to demand that others worship me and obey me and follow me instead of Allah. Look at the pride and the arrogance. Think about Abu Jahl and Fir'aun. Imagine refusing Fir'aun's order. Imagine refusing Abu Jahl's order. Did that create problems for the Muslims? What happened to the wife of Fir'aun? The same wife for whom he made an exception, a great exception. His heart melted when Asiya said that do not kill this boy. I want him as a son of mine. What happened when Asiya accepted Islam? When she believed in Musa salam? What did Fir'aun do? Did he just kill her? He tortured her. Tortured her. Nailed her with four pegs. Four pegs, imagine, so that she couldn't move. She couldn't run away. She couldn't even comfort herself. Her hands, both her hands were nailed. Both her feet were nailed. And then he had people guarding her and torturing her. So much so that they would get tired and they would have to go take their break. And every time they would do that, the angels would shade Asiya. And in that state she made dua to Allah. Refusing ta'ut is not easy. And remember ta'ut is not necessarily just a person, an idol. Right? It could even be a system. You know, it could even be like culture for example. Refusing ta'ut is not easy. It's very difficult because you're going against the norms. You understand? An arrogant person, when you refuse to follow them, do they become arrogant within or do they accept your opinion? They become even more arrogant. So, وَالَّذِينَ اجْتَنَبُ الطَّاهُوتِ Refusing ta'ut makes life difficult. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَهُمُ الْبُشْرَى For such people is good news. Because all this is not going to be in vain. Give them good news. لَهُمُ الْبُشْرَى فَبَشِّرْ عِبَادِ What's the good news? They shall be successful in this world and in the hereafter. So, O Prophet ﷺ, comfort them. What they have lost will be replaced by what is better. And because of their inabah to Allah, Allah will continue to guide them. Who are such people? Allah's servants. They are Alladina, those who yastami'oon al-qawla. They listen attentively to the qawl, to the speech. Whose speech? Whose speech? This could be the speech of Allah, the Qur'an. It could be the speech of a human being, whatever it may be. Any speech, when they hear it, when they listen to it, how do they listen? Attentively. 
attentive listeners in order to understand the speech correctly and to benefit from it also. Not just to pass time. يَسْتَمِعُونَ الْقَوْلَ And when they have listened attentively, then what's the next step? فَيَتْبِعُونَ Then they follow أَحْسَنَهُ The best of it. They follow the best of it. How can they follow the best of it? Because they remember it. When is it that we can bring something into our actions? When we remember. Isn't it? Otherwise we can listen to many, many lectures, hours and hours of lectures, but change will only come when we will remember what we have heard, what we have listened to. And we can only remember if we were listening attentively. So, فَيَتَّبِعُونَ أَحْسَنَهُ أُولَٰئِكَ الَّذِينَ هَدَاهُمُ اللَّهِ Those are the people whom Allah has guided. وَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمْ أُلُوا الْأَلْبَابِ And those are the ones who are people of understanding. Now, you see over here, الَّذِينَ يَسْتَمِعُونَ الْقَوْلِ If we take قَوْلِ as Qur'an, they listen attentively to the Qur'an. And then, فَيَتَّبِعُونَ أَحْسَنَهُ Then they follow the best of it. What is the best part of the Qur'an? All of the Qur'an. Isn't it so? So, فَيَتَّبِعُونَ أَحْسَنَهُ means they follow the Qur'an. They don't just pick and choose. You understand? Rather they follow all of it. Because the whole Qur'an is Ahsan. This could be understood in another way, that sometimes in the Qur'an, for a certain situation, multiple options are given. Right? This may be done, or this may be done, or this may be done. And this is not just in the matters of halal and haram. It could be in the matters of our dealings with other people. So for example, وَأَن تَعْفُوا أَقْرَبُوا لِلتَّقْوَى If you pardon, that is closer to Taqwa, meaning it's not a must, you're not required to, you're not obligated to forgive somebody in that situation, but if you do so, it's good for you, it's better. You understand? So, from the different options that are given, what do they choose? The ahsan, the best option. You understand? The best option. Go ahead. So once she was quoting him for that, he always helps me in this and that. So I said, okay. So I asked, is his mother is a Hindu or father? And she said, uh, his mother is Hindu. Then I asked, okay. So, so what uh, he says about religion? That in which religion he's comfortable? He says Islam is good, but you know, Hinduism makes more sense to me because of wrong decision of father, right? You know. Then uh, I was just thinking, it's you know, in Islam. It is not allowed for a man to marry a non-Muslim, right? Mushrika. Yeah, Mushrika, right? But yes, Ahl-e-Kitab is allowed, but it is not preferable. But that person, he married a Mushrika, right? And now the kids are so much confused about where they're going to go. So, stuff. So, فَيَتَّبِعُونَ أَحْسَنَهُ They follow its best, meaning the best option, the option that is, that is, the most beautiful in the sight of Allah, that is most pleasing to Allah. Just one more, one more meaning, okay? Can you take the mic to it, please? It's just thinking, it says the best of the speech, and the best of the speech would, if you classify it, it would become the Quran itself. So, I feel like it's sort of refers to the Quran itself too. Yeah, the qawl over here, one interpretation is qawl as in the speech of Allah, and that is the Quran, right? So they follow its ahsan, meaning all of it. 
But we see that in some matters we have been given options, choices. So in that also they choose the best for themselves. Why? Because the goal is to earn Allah's pleasure. So they don't look at it in a way that, okay, what's easiest for me? What's most convenient for me? What will satisfy my ego? No, they see what is most pleasing to my Rabb. What will draw me even closer to Allah. So فَيَتَّبِعُونَ أَحْسَنَ And قَالْ over here is any speech. Right? Also. So whatever speech they hear, they take the good and they leave the bad. You understand? Because sometimes we're listening to a lecture, a good قَوْل. Right? You know, 70% really good things and there's 30% things which maybe, you know, we consider problematic or we have issues with it or we have disagreements with. And what happens? We forget the 70% and we dwell on that 30%. Or maybe that 5% even. And we say, oh, this sheikh, don't listen to him again. Why? Because there's this one or two or three things that I disagree with and therefore I don't listen to him anymore and I'll make a video against him and whatnot. Go ahead. I tend to listen to a lot of TED Talks and obviously most of the speakers on there are not Muslim. But I find that I tend to, I learn a lot from them, either be it scientific or just sociological or whatever it may be that I learn from it. And then when I use those as examples for other people, it's more convincing for them because they're surprised that I've even listened to them in the first place. They're like, oh, I didn't know you'd be the type to listen to, you know, lectures. I thought you'd only be listening to Islamic lectures, not anything else. But when you're learning from all these sources and you're only taking what is good out of it, you also strengthen what you say to other people as well. So it's beneficial even in that matter. Yes. I mean, in general, you see, one is that we compartmentalize our lives. Okay? This is Islam when I'm listening to a lecture. Alright? And when I'm at school, then that is dunya. Dunya has nothing to do with my deen and deen has nothing to do with my dunya. No. A believer, even when he's listening to, you know, a lecture on biology, for example, there will be some ahsan thing that he can take out of that and draw closer to Allah through it. So they take the good and they leave the bad. And the thing is, when it comes to human speech, no matter who that human being is, your mother, your father, the best alim that you know, the most excellent scholar that you know, the best lecturer that you know of, whoever it may be, you will come across things from them which you don't necessarily agree with. So don't dwell on that. Take the ahsan and leave the rest. There's always good that you can find. So, فَيَتَّبِعُونَ أَحْسَنَهُ أُولَٰئِكَ الَّذِينَ هَدَاهُمُ اللَّهُ وَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمْ أُلُوا الْأَلْبَابِ Now you see, the same statement, the same قول is heard by two people. Alright? And both act differently upon it. One person takes the أحسن and another person takes the not so أحسن. Alright? Because the thing is that we choose to hear what we want to hear. This is so true. The same statement, the same speech, the same lecture, the same article, the same class, but two people have understood the same thing very differently. Why? Because when we are listening to things or when we are reading things, when we come across different information, most of the time we are looking for things that are already in our minds. We are looking for confirmation. We're looking for confirmation. So the way we, what we select for amal, what we select to remember from the speech that we hear is reflective of our interests. What our interests are. Because 
You know, for example, one speech. Something was silly. Something was very profound. One person just remembers the jokes. And another person remembers all the, you know, complicated, profound matters that were discussed. What does that show? One person is interested in jokes and the other is interested in serious matters. Isn't it? One person learned from a discussion that, oh, you don't need to wear an abaya. And another person understood that, okay, there's different forms of abaya. All right? And then Sister Temia said that. You know? Honestly, we hear what we want to hear. Sometimes people come to me and they say, you know, you said this. I'm like, no, no way. I never said that. I did not. But the thing is that you were looking, you found that in my speech, and you took that, and you forgot everything else that I mentioned. So what we take from the speech of others is reflective of who we are. So if a person is selecting the ahsan, what does it mean? They're looking for ahsan. And if a person is selecting that which is not ahsan, then what does it mean? That's what they have within. That's what they have inside. Did you want to say something? There was a video criticizing like a sheikh and stuff. And a video? A video that I watched, I happened to watch. I was like, okay, let me... This person was like, oh, um, don't follow the sheikh anymore. He's horrible. So I was like, okay, this is probably not right, but let me, you know, give them a minute or two to explain themselves. So I listened to a bit of it, like the first 15 minutes or so. And they had a clip of the sheikh speaking. And they said that don't follow the sheikh because he has doubts. And anyone who has doubts is a kafir, you know, or has hypocrisy in his heart, right? And the sheikh clearly in that clip, he said that I have doubts about things too. Like there are things I don't understand. So this person who was making the video about the sheikh, he said he used that clip as a defense that, to say that he has doubts. But the sheikh, he clarified what he meant by I have doubts. He said, yeah. See, the thing is that, again, if we're looking for problems in other people, we will find them. We will find them. We can take their words out of context and misinterpret them or, you know, come to a conclusion concerning them. What do we know about them? Just because we have heard a statement from them, part of a statement, it doesn't mean that we know everything about that individual. So, you see some people, they look for faults as if they're looking for treasure. Right? It's like, yeah, yay, I found a fault in this person. You know, I, it confirmed my assumption about them. I heard that there was an issue with this person, and yes, I found a fault. I found a treasure. This is how they are. So, it's truly reflective of who? Of ourselves. Forget about others. Think about yourself. If we're looking for problems, it means that's how we are from inside. And if we're looking for beauty, that means that's how we are from inside. A couple of points. I will go with what the sister said. I ended up watching the same video. But uh, the thing was, I felt like really sad and it, I found it very scary too in a way that I had some knowledge about Radin and things, and uh, the gentleman, whoever he was, first of all, he made it very poorly. He came across very aggressive. And the part of it that in the very end, he kind of introduced his own organization and say that we are teaching, so you're kind of promoting whatever organization, and then you're putting the other person down. And thing came to my mind, you don't have to agree, but why don't you make an appointment and talk to the person? Why would you put it on YouTube? Like you're making, it's like 
earning so much guna in a way it's a sin that you were like taking maybe some people were thinking about going to that conference and they were thinking about going to the right path and they might have stopped because of you so why would you get this kind of sin yeah. on you yeah. second thing about having interpretation uh, thinking about other people and um, i always bring the other side um, because a lot of us wear hijab here wear abayas here and um, muslims are already limelight people see all kind of bad things happening and a lot of people experience so we are always on our defense side too as you said we are kind of looking at that somebody might say a comment unintentionally unconsciously and and we pick on all those comments or bad stares or all those kind of things but sometimes we don't realize that we do that to other people and my daughter's a friend there is a restaurant barbecue tonight and their white family very decent family they don't like islamophobia and and she shared with my daughter and she said we went to that restaurant and most of the people come from pakistani background there and she said we like the food we lot of take out and we went there as our family and then we noticed four people changed the squat beside us like one family came and they asked to change and she said we didn't say anything we just ate and my brother said seem like islamophobia doesn't work one way only mm-hmm. and and i felt sad that we don't realize that we do it to other people too mm-hmm. and i think we need to be careful about that so alladhina yastami'una alqawla fayattabi'una ahsana what's the lesson over here when we read the quran When we listen to any speech, focus on what? The Ahsan. Why? Because at the end of the day, each and every one of us is going to be judged by who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So our goal should be to become pleasing near Allah, in the sight of Allah. أُولَٰئِكَ الَّذِينَ هَدَاهُمُ اللَّهِ Such people are guided. Allah guides such people. Which people? Those who are looking for Ahsan. You understand? If a person is looking for good, Allah will guide him to good. وَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمْ أُولُوا الْأَلْبَابِ And such are truly intelligent. So true intelligence is amal. True intelligence is looking for ahsan and doing amal on the ahsan. You know, Hafsa bin Sirin. Hafsa bin Sirin. Have you heard of Ibn Sirin, the great scholar? Right. His sister, Hafsa bin Sirin, a tabi'ah, she was also a great, great scholar. In fact, she was so knowledgeable concerning the Qur'an that whenever her brother, Muhammad bin Sirin, when he was questioned about something of the Qur'an, he would say, go ask my sister, because she's more knowledgeable regarding this matter. So she would teach men also. Men would come and learn hadith from her, Qur'an from her. And there is a story in Bayhaqi that we learn about, and this is an authentic narration, that at one occasion when she was quite old, And she was wearing a jilbab and she was covering her face with it. One of her students, Asim, may Allah have mercy on you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said, وَالْقَوَاعِدُ مِنَ النِّسَاءِ اللَّاتِ لَا يَرْجُونَ نِكَاحًا فَلَيْسَ عَلَيْهِنَّ جُنَاحٌ أَنْ يَضَعْنَ ثِيَابَهُمْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said that a woman who's become old, there's no harm on her if she removes her outer garment as in her jilbab. So we feel bad for you that you're sitting here in front of us You know, covering yourself and covering your face, having difficulty in, you know, in your speech. It's difficult in your breathing even. So they said that, why don't you be easy on yourself? She said, أَيُّ شَيْءٍ بَعْدَ ذَلِكَ 
what comes after this. Meaning, read the whole ayah. So Asim, he completed the ayah. But if they refrain from removing their jilbab, that is better for them. Meaning, if they keep it on despite their old age, it's better for them. So she said, "Huwa ithbatul jilbab." That this is the proof of jilbab. So don't have pity on me. Don't feel sorry for me. Allah has said it that it's better for me. I'm going to do it. You don't need to feel bad for me. So fayatabiruna ahsana. Ulaika aladina hadahum Allah wa ulaika hum ulul albab. Abu Hurairah radhiyallahu anhu reported the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "Shall I not tell you about the best of you?" Shall I not tell you about the best of you? And they said, yes. And the Prophet ﷺ said, خِيَارُكُمْ أَطْوَلُكُمْ أَعْمَارًا وَأَحْسَنُكُمْ أَعْمَالًا The best of you are those who live long lives and perform excellent actions. See, there's a very important relation over here. Long life and excellent action. Because what happens is we start something good. When time goes on and it feels really long, it's been three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten years, we begin to feel tired. We begin to feel tired and then we stop doing the good that we had once started. So a person who lives a long life, meaning despite the passage of time, he continues the excellent actions, such people are the best. Allahumma ja'alna minhum. Go ahead. To, those are the deeds, even if they're minor, that Allah loves the most. Exactly. That the best deeds, the, the most beloved deeds near Allah are those which are consistent, even if they may be very small. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. <laughs> فبشر عباد الذين يستمعون القول فيتبعون أحسنه أولئك الذين هداهم الله وأولئك هم أولو الألباب فبشر عباد What's the good news? What's the bushra? Is it mentioned here? Is it mentioned here? It's not mentioned here. You know, different Mufassirun have given different interpretations that the good news is this or the good news is that. And all of them are, you know, valid. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not mentioned the good news over here. What exactly that is. Because the goal here, is the objective over here is, you know, know that all of this is not going to go in vain. Allah will reward. Now what is that reward you find out? Don't worry about it. Just know that Allah's promise is true and believe in Allah's promises. Think about what you have to do. Have faith in Allah's promises and He will fulfill His promise. أَفَمَنْ is then who? حَقَّ عَلَيْهِ It is incumbent on him. حَقَّ From the root letters حَقَّ of حَقَّ عَلَيْهِ is when something becomes due, necessary, incumbent. So the person on whom it is incumbent, meaning he's deserving of. Deserving of what? Kalimatul Adab, the decree of punishment. The person who has deserved the decree of punishment. Afa anta. Then can you tunqidu 
Can you save, can you rescue man who finnar is in the fire? Tunqidu, nunqaf dal, inqad is to save someone from what is dangerous, destructive. Can you rescue someone who is already in the fire? Can you save him? Well, you can't. If someone is already in fire, how can you save him from falling into it? You cannot. You can't help the one who is already in failure. Prophet ﷺ is being comforted over here. Because he would try his best to call people to Tawheed. He would do his best. He would grieve. He would try again and again. He would not give up. But what was the reaction of the people? Rejection, rejection. So he's being comforted that it's not your fault. These people are as if already in the fire. And you cannot save someone who's already fallen in. So there's no benefit in grieving over these people. Go save those who are on their way. Lakin, but, الَّذِينَ اتَّقَوْ رَبَّهُمْ Those who fear their Lord. Lahum for them, غُرَفٌ Are chambers. غُرَف, plural of the word غُرْفَة a lofty high chamber. Chamber as in a room. And you see one is hujra, another is ghurfa. Okay? Ghuraf is the plural of ghurfa. Hujra is an apartment on ground level. And ghurfa is what is above it. Right? So ghurfa is a room, a manzil, a place, a daraja that is high, lofty. So for them will be high lofty rooms. Min fawqiha, from above it are ghurafun, more rooms. What is this referring to? Homes in Jannah. Levels of paradise. Ghurafun, min fawqiha ghuraf. One level above the other, above the other. And there are mabniyatun, built. Mabniyya, banunya, bina, bunyan, building. And mabniya, that which is built, that which is constructed. What does it mean by this, mabniya? One meaning is it's already built. Meaning these homes, these residences in Jannah, they're already built. Ready. Have you seen those ads? Move in. Anytime. Right? Ready. Meaning it's ready. All you have to do is just make a huge payment, lose all your money and just come and stay here. Right? That's all you gotta do. But they're portrayed as something so beautiful. But, Mabniyatun, what does it mean? Jannah is already made. And Mabniyya, it's built. How is it built? How are these houses? How are these residences in Jannah? One description we learn here is level upon level upon level. And this is true. In Jannah, there are many, many levels. Right? And in addition to that, what this shows is that in Jannah, houses, homes, residences are lofty. Because when you are somewhere high, isn't the view much nicer? This feels better. Why do people go to CN Tower? For what? I mean, I'm sure there are better restaurants. Halal. Isn't it? Out there in the world. But why up there? Why? I mean, can't you see that picture, you know, online or something? It's a different experience. When you're high somewhere, it's a different experience. Right? So, غُرَفٌ مِّن فَوْقِهَا غُرَفٌ مَبْنِيَّةٌ It's already built, ready, prepared. And مَبْنِيَّ also means solidly constructed, bricks of gold and silver. And جَنَّةُ عَدْنٍ Allah has made it with His own hands. تَجْرِي مِن تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارِ 
underneath which rivers flow. وَعَدَ اللَّهِ This is the promise of Allah. لَا يُخْلِفُ اللَّهُ الْمِعَادِ Allah does not go against His promise. When Allah has promised this result, then don't doubt His promises. So believe in His promises. Did He not fulfill His promise to the mother of Musa? إِنَّا رَدُّوهُ إِلَيْكَ And He did. He fulfilled His promise to the mother of Musa. He fulfilled His promises to the prophets that He sent in this world. And He will fulfill His promises in the hereafter also. So remain firm and do not be shaky. In Surah Sabah, Ayah 37, we learn, وَهُمْ فِي الْغُرُثَاتِ آمِنُونَ In Surah Furqan, Ayah 75, أُولَٰئِكَ يُجْزَوْنَ الْغُرْفَةَ بِمَا بِمَا صَبَرُوا They will be rewarded with غُرْفَة High and lofty residences. Why? Because of their patience. So don't be shaky. You see, if we're working really hard, and we're making a lot of sacrifices, we're doing our best. And it's at every level, financially, emotionally, in so many ways. We want some guarantee that we're going to get something in return. Right? The effort must be worth the result. And if we are in doubt about the results, about what's promised in return, we think of changing our mind. We become double-minded. Isn't it? If somebody says, you know, you do this for me, I'll give you this. And then we have a feeling that, no, they're not going to give it. Because they don't have it. How are they going to give it? Are you going to do the work for them? No, you won't. You might start off and then you might give up. Why be shaky when Allah is promising you something? Because in Allah la yukhliful mi'ad, people break their promises, but Allah does not break His promises. When is it that someone has to break their promise? Because of two reasons. Because of khiyana. And that shows their bad akhlaq. Right? That they made a promise, but they're deliberately going against their word. They don't care about you. They only care about themselves. Right? And another is weakness. That a person had the intention of fulfilling the promise, but they weren't able to. Does that happen with us? Of course it does. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is above any khiyana, and He is above any weakness. So, لَا يُخْلِفُ اللَّهُ الْمِعَادِ He does not break His promise. He does not go against it. So have faith in Him. Let's listen to the recitation. <laughs> أُولَٰئِكَ الَّذِينَ هَدَاهُمُ اللَّهُ وَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمْ أُولُو الْأَلْبَابِ